Welcome to Kingdom Perspective Broadcast with Dr. David O. Ogaga. Thank you one more time. Right, we want to... Let's continue. It's part two. What we're dealing with today. Jesus as a pattern. And... Um, I'd like us to read the last scripture we quoted, which is Luke chapter 4. Let me pick from there. Let me pick from there. Luke chapter 4 and uh, 42. He left the next day for open country, but the crowds went looking at this message. And when they found him, clung to him, so he couldn't go out, go on. He told them, don't you realize that there are yet other cities where I have to tell the message of God's kingdom and that this is the work God sent me to do? Listen to what Jesus is saying here. Don't you realize that... There are yet other villages where I have to tell the message of God's kingdom that this is the work God sent me to do. So now, I want you to pick from here. If Jesus is our pattern, if Jesus is our example, if Jesus is our master, our Lord, His concern should be our concern. Hallelujah. His pain should be our pain. His drive should be our drive. His focus should be our focus. If this is what God sent him to do, and scripture says we are co-laborers together with him, then we should be consigned with what he's consigned with. Hallelujah. But when you look at this scripture, I just want to point out a few things because in case you want to give a title to this, you can just call the great salvation. The great salvation. Is that all right? You can just talk about that. The great salvation is our message. Praise the Lord. If you look at this scripture critically, you need to go back home and check it up. Jesus is saying here, I came to do only one thing. And that is to preach the message of the kingdom of God. Is that all right? But first of all, understand this. As a minister, your ministry should be global in vision. Because you know what Jesus said? I must also go to other villages. Hallelujah. Now, for, for it to be global in vision doesn't mean you, how do I put this? You begin to do things so, so that you can travel. That's not what I'm saying. But Preach like you are preaching to the whole world. Your church may be two, maybe three, maybe ten. Preach like you are preaching to the whole world. Do you understand what I'm saying? When we started ministry some years back, actually I started at Boriboko Primary School, those of you probably know there, and we're just about six. And those six people, for their sake alone, I will go to the computer house to type out my Bible studies. Okay, fine. You remember. I will go type out my Bible studies. And as I'm teaching, everybody has something to look into. 
the little offering that was coming, I think only one person or two were supposed to be workers there and civil servants. Remember, so I will go and type I, the little offering that come. I will use the offering to go and type the messages and give to them. I was not seeing the six people. I was seeing a global work. And I didn't do anything to push myself to become a global person. I was just consistent with what I know God has given to me to do. Is that okay? And then, I must also go. That means it's compulsory. It's important. But above all, this is the issue. There was already a revival on ground. People don't want him to go. People love his message. Are you still with me? It simply means one thing. No matter how acceptable you are in an environment, when there's a need on the other side and God wants you to move, pack your bags and go. Acceptance and revival in a particular place doesn't mean that is where your ministry is supposed to end. Pack your bags and go. Typical example is that of Philip who went to Samaria. You see how much popularity the guy got in Samaria. Simon the sorcerer was coming for his own ministry. In the midst of that revival, God said, go join yourself to one man. In the desert. Desert. Not a city now. Leave a city and join yourself to one man. God's desires are better than our success. Philip left the whole revival. Went to join himself to one man. On a donkey chariot. But you know what God was looking at? God wanted to give that city where this man is coming from into the hands of God and needed Philip to do that. Philip spoke to the eunuch. The eunuch was supposed to be, as it were, the treasurer to the queen of Sheba, I mean, queen of uh, Ethiopia. Are you getting that? That means just one man is bringing the gospel to the seat of governance in that nation. Hallelujah. If God asks you to move, move. We are to do his will. And not to enjoy our success. <laughs> Whether money or popularity. Do his will. Is that alright? So Jesus said he has to go. And he moved. Okay. Come with me to the book of Hebrews. You go back and study that verse very well. There are a lot of things I could say there, but I just want to go. Let's deal with what I'm talking about, which is the great salvation. It's our message. Hebrews 2. Let's look at verse 1. Therefore, we ought to give the more earnest heed to the, heart, to the things which we have heard, lest at any time we should let them sleep. The word sleep is very important in the Greek. It means a leaking vessel. Take heed to the things we are hearing. Lest we become leaking vessels to leak out what we have received. And may God forbid that for all of us in Jesus' name. Verse 2. Hebrews 2 verse 2. For if the word spoken by angels... Was steadfast. And I want you to know that because very important. And every transgression and disobedience receive a just recompense of reward. Verse 3. How shall we escape if we neglect so great salvation? Which are the first began to be spoken by the Lord and was confirmed unto us by them that heard him. Hallelujah. Amen. Great salvation. What do you mean by great salvation? 
We have common salvation. We have great salvation. Isn't it? We're going to define what a great salvation is. It's very simple because like here he said, which the Lord first began. So here's comparing two realms of salvation. There's a salvation and there's a great salvation. And he said the first one is spoken by angels and the second one is spoken by himself. Hallelujah. Okay. Which, which salvation was spoken by angels? Now I want you to look at that scripture again. Did you see that? Huh? Verse 3. No, that's verse 2. Spoken by the Lord. For if the word spoken by angels was steadfast and every transgression, if the word spoken by angels, what is it that was spoken by angels? Hallelujah. Galatians 3. What is that was spoken by angels? Listen, he said, take heed to this word you're hearing. Lest you become licking vessels. For if the word spoken by angels, in other words, if the salvation that was spoken by angels has such a great reward of recompense, how much more? That which is spoken by the Lord. So which one was spoken by angels? Galatians 3.19. Hallelujah. Wherefore, then served the Lord, it is added because of transgression, till the seed shall come to whom the promise was made. And listen to this, it was ordained by angels in the hand of a mediator. So which message was spoken by angels? The law. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> Amen? Okay, take another scripture on that, Acts chapter 7, verse 52. Acts 7.52 Which of the prophets have not your fathers persecuted? And they have slain them with shall before of the coming of the just one of whom you have the now the betrayers and murderers who have received the law by the disposition of angels and have not kept it. Did you get that? Now, you see, commonly you say, the scripture says the Lord was given by Moses. We read that. Hallelujah. And that's true. But the point is this. The cruel understanding was the law was given to Moses. It's like God gave the laws to angels. Angels gave the law to Moses to write down. Meaning angels dictated the law to Moses. Moses have to write it down. And so, angels were in authority of the law. Are you there with me? And within that dispensation, angels were very powerful. I suppose angels were even worshipped. But that is not a great salvation. Are you there with me? Now you listen to this. When the Bible said, the Lord came to destroy, Colossians 2, principalities and powers. The common understanding of the church is talking about demons. But far from it. Principalities and powers are actually angelic beings, not demons. Why did Jesus come to destroy their power? In order to take away the law. I'll give you a scripture. If you can put another bond for me then, go to the book of Colossians. No, Ephesians 3 verse 10. First of all, read it in the King James and then you read it in the message. Ephesians 3 verse 10. Hallelujah. What did he say? 
But in the now, unto the principalities and power in heavenly places, it might be no what? The church. What is that? The manifold wisdom of God. Did you get that? Did you get that? Turn to the message. What do you see here? Through the Christian like yourself gathered in churches, this extraordinary plan of God is becoming known and talked about even among words. Can you get that? So principalities and powers are not demons. But they were the custodians of the law. I know that may be strange to hear in today. So when he said he destroyed principalities and power, what he meant to say, he took authority from angels for administering the law unto you. Why? Because we are not under grace. And let me give you an example of that. Do you know why Jesus went to the pool of Bethesda? At the pool of Bethesda is where sick folks were healed. And it is angels that come to stir that water. For the people to be healed. I mean, if you remember that. And so the sick man that was there said, Do you want to be healed? And he said, I don't have anybody to throw me the water. When the angels says the word. And Jesus said, Take up your bed and go. You know what he was telling him? The era of the authority of the angels are over. Did you get that? Take up your bed and go. I'm here. Forget about the angels now. <laughs> Glory to God. That's what it means. He destroyed principalities and powers. Not demons. Hmm. I know a lot of people have made money preaching that, but it's no problem. <laughs> Glory to God. So Jesus disarmed the angels because the angels ministered the law. Galatians 3.19. Are you still there? He said, if that message, that gospel that was preached by angels who received such a just recompense of reward, of disobedience, how much more or how shall we escape the message of great salvation? So what's the great salvation? And the Bible says that which was first spoken by the Lord. Amen? Okay. So Hebrews 2 verse 1 that says, therefore we ought to give heed or more energy to the things which are of which we have heard, lest at any time we should let them sleep. What are those things which we have heard as compared to the things that happened there? Angels gave the law. But before the angels gave the law, Hebrews chapter 1, verse 1. Can we go there? Hebrews 1, verse 1. It says, God, who has sundry times and in diverse manners, speaking time past. Unto the fathers by the prophets. If you continue and say, How then this last day spoken unto us by what? By who? His son. Whom he has appointed of all things, by whom also he made the world. Therefore, back to Hebrews 2, verse 1, we ought to give earnest heed to the things which we have heard. From who? From the Son. He spoke in time past, Hebrews 1, 1 in diverse manners, through the prophets, but he's speaking to us today, through what? Through the Son. Therefore, we should give an heed to what we are hearing from who? From the Son. Are you getting it? So what makes up the message of the son? <laughs> Hallelujah. What is the son saying? Praise the living God. Okay. Let's read something before I answer that fully. That Hebrews 2 verse 3. Look at what he said. How shall we escape if we neglect so great salvation? Which? At the first began to be spoken by who? By the Lord. And was confirmed unto us by them that heard him. 
first spoken by the Lord. The great salvation was first spoken by the Lord. Hallelujah. Okay, go to Hebrews. I mean, message, Hebrews 2 verse 2. Let's look at it from the message. If the old message delivered by the angels was valid, and nobody got away with anything, do you think we can risk neglecting this latest message? This magnificent, magnificent salvation? First of all, it was delivered in person by the master. Are you getting that? So, it's comparing two messages here. Is that not true? First one was delivered by which people? The angels. We've already established that. That has to do with the law, isn't it? All right. And the message of the master, the Bible says, we must give NSC to it. And it was first spoken. Let's find out where he first spoke about it. Mark chapter 1. Mark chapter 1. Mark chapter 1. Look at that. Verse 14, 15. Now, after that John was put in prison, Jesus came into Galilee preaching what? Hallelujah. Can you get that? And saying what? The time is fulfilled, and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent ye and believe what? The gospel. Can you get that? Now, I want you to get the connection. This great salvation was first preached by who? By the Lord. And what was his message when he preached it? Repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand. I'm always asking this question. What message do we preach? And this is what is called the great salvation. As compared to the salvation as it were that was delivered by the law. I mean, the angels, which has to do with the law. So many of us are still operating the ministry of the angel that have been destroyed by Jesus Christ on the cross. Those of you who follow me on Facebook, I did an article last week. I was dealing with Ezekiel 28, where people tell you Ezekiel 28 was Lucifer in the garden until he sinned. Some say it was Adam. You're just wasting your time. Go read the Bible. That have nothing to do with Lucifer. Have nothing to do with Adam. That was King Tyrus. Is that okay? Nothing to do with that. Go and read the book again. And I made it clear there. When you begin to talk about the angel in the book of Jude chapter 9, wrestling with the body of Moses. Talk about Mike, Mike, Michael the archangel. Is that okay? Wrestle with the body of Moses, with the devil. And we believe that that is, that is something that really happened. What's wrong with us? Where, no, scripture tells us precisely that as it were, God killed Moses. said, that is the land, you are not going to enter the land. And the Bible said, Moses died and God buried him by himself. Have you read that? Deuteronomy? So where was the body that the devil was looking for? Why are we so low in thinking? The body of Moses is the law. Just like the body of Christ is the spirit of the Lord of Christ in his body. What the devil was struggling for is don't go to the cross so that the law will remain. Why? Because the power of sin is the law. And the wages of sin is dead. Don't go to the cross so that sin will remain. That's what he's saying. That was a struggle. Don't let the body of Moses go. So Romans 5, the Bible will say, dead reign from Adam to Moses. Why? Because in the garden, thou shalt not eat. The day you eat, you shall surely die. So man died because he ate. And Moses came, gave the law. Which is of sin is dead. Stone them to death. So death reigned from Adam to Moses. And he must stop. Why? Because we are under grace. Are you following what I'm talking about? 
This is the great salvation the Lord has brought for us. That is the message. And that's the kingdom message. We must stop all these stupid things we are doing. All these crazy religious things we are doing. No, folks. There is one message Jesus died for, if you will. And that is God's kingdom. And that is called great salvation. And the Bible says, he preached this, and those who preached it also believed, preached it to us. But by the way, let me say this. A lot of us don't understand the power of God's word. That's why we do a lot of religious activities. Can I say this? If you like, stone me, but I'm going to say it. Salvation is not in fasting and prayer. Salvation is not in deliverance. Listen, the gospel is the power of God unto salvation. Did you get that? It's the word. <laughs> Repent ye for the kingdom of God is at hand. Change your way of thinking. It's not in all these programs you do. I was just speaking to a brother and I called me on the phone. Oh man, I got your missed call. I couldn't come. I was, I was on the mountain. What are you going to the mountain for? Are you, are you, are you, are you Mohammed? What are you doing there? You spend all your time in the mountain. Man, come down. You've been doing this all days long, all years long. What do you have to be achieved? Come on. Am I saying don't pray? No, I'm not saying that. I pray. At least my family can bear witness. Not me. My family can bear witness. I pray. But not a Pharisee type of praying. What are you looking for? God is with you, man. Pray and find wisdom. Hallelujah. Most of the things I do here, my wife knows, sometimes I need them. Even minor things. The Lord speaks to me. A lot of structures going on in this church. I just need them to pray. God will say, go and do this. Go and do that. You don't need to climb to any mountain for you to hear God. What's your problem? Hallelujah. He is with you. He will not forsake you, nor leave you. Recognize that this man is on your inside. Come on. A greater than Solomon is here, Jesus said. Why did he say so? Because the wisdom of Solomon was coming from even the law. Most of the things that Solomon did came from Exodus 21 to 25. Go read it. I can prove it to you. The law says if your animal destroys another man's animal, the other man should bring the life and both of you should share it. So now a woman died. I mean, a woman's son died. And what happened? Solomon said, what did the Lord say? If this, okay, you bring this baby, let's divide it. He was just using the law. Are you hearing me? And people say, we never seen such a great man full of wisdom. And that's Deuteronomy chapter 4. He said, when you go by the law, the nations will say, what a nation that has so much wisdom. And Jesus came and said, greater than Solomon is here. What is that saying to say? My wisdom is not coming from the external, it's eternal. Hallelujah. Are you still there with me? Great salvation. We are heirs of God's kingdom. God tells the people, God has come, he is our king, we are his subject, he can protect his subject, he can provide for his subject, he can heal his subject, he can clothe his subjects. Every king is careful about his subjects. Hallelujah. John chapter 1. Verse 17. For the law was given by Moses, but grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Man, the grace salvation is great and truth. Are you there with me? What do you preach? What is your message? <laughs> Telling people how people are pursuing them in the dream. All the, when they eat food in the night, they are in the marine world. Come on. Does it mean marine people used to eat so well? 
You eat in the dream, drink water in the morning, breakfast has taken place. <laughs> Hallelujah. You have no problem, friends. You got no problem. Go drink some water, cup of tea if you will. Or some juice, just to cool the food down. How I many of you understand that in the multitude of hunger, you can start eating in the dream? We can find out with Peter. The Bible says he was hungry. And then he was in the upper room and he entered a vision. And the basket came, see reptiles, say, kill and eat. That is food for you because you're hungry. <laughs> Hallelujah. Are you following what I'm talking about? Don't kill yourself, all those crazy messages. Come on, live the life. Galatians 2.20, Paul speaking, he said, The life I live in the flesh, no longer I that live it, but Christ that live it is life in me. Why are you wasting your time? One message, kingdom of God. <laughs> Hallelujah. Grace and truth came by Jesus. Okay, Titus chapter 2 verse 11. Mm. Hallelujah. For the grace of God that bringeth what? Salvation. How many of you understand what we're dealing with? Great salvation. For the grace of God that bringeth salvation appeared to what? Amen. The grace has appeared to amen. We are refusing to partake of the grace. We just walk by simply believing. Walk and believing on the grace. Right believing will produce right results. Hallelujah. Amen. Look at John 15 verse 15. John 15 verse 15. King James. Henceforth, I call you not servants. For the servant knoweth not what his Lord doeth. But I have called you friends. For all things that I have heard of my father, I have made known unto you. Hallelujah. Praise the living God. What is he talking about? Grace equals to sonship. Servants don't know what their master is doing. Sons know what their master or their father is doing. So grace equals to sonship. Law equals to servanthood. But you are no longer servants. You are sons. Who tell the church they are sons of the father? They are not servants. They are not slaves. Okay, I'll prove that to you. Galatians 4. Verse 1. Galatians 4 verse 1. Now I say that the heir as long as he's a child differed nothing from servants, from a servant, though he be the Lord of all. But it's under tutors and governors until the time appointed of the father. Even so we, when we were children, were in bondage under the elements of the world. You can get the word element or rudiment. The Greek is element or rudiment. To be under element means to be controlled by earthly philosophy and even the law. Is that okay? And that is why in 2 Peter, when the Bible says, the element shall melt. And we're thinking it's maybe crude oil in our country is going to dry up. Bogsat and gold in Ghana is going to dry up. These are not the element. The same word Peter used is what Paul used. To be under the control of the element of the world. Talking about human philosophy. Talking about the law that were guiding us. He said, before the sun came, we were under the element of the world. Hallelujah. Are you there with me? Okay, look at verse number four. But when the fullness of time was come, God sent for his son, made of a woman, made under the law, to redeem them that were under the law, that we might receive what? The adoption of sons. Can you get that? Remember the law was given by angels, as we read before. But when the son came, the era of the law, Controlling you was over. In fact, scripture says the law was meant to lead us unto faith. What is faith? 
the law was meant to lead out unto Christ. Because Luke chapter 24, Jesus speaking to the two disciples on the way to Emmaus said, he expanded to them from the law, the prophet, and the Psalms about himself. So the law leading us to faith is not just a belief, it led us to a person and handed it over. And now the person took us to himself and gave us his spirit. Now we are sons and not bondage anymore to any law. So faith is not just some abstract thoughts. Faith is a person. <laughs> and without faith, it's impossible to please God. What do you mean by faith, impossible to please God? <laughs> without Christ, it's impossible to please God. Come on, for he that is in Christ is a new creature. All things are passed away. If that is why even those that had faith could not enter, because it's not the issue of faith. It's a person. Hebrews 11 tells us that. Am I right? The door without faith could not. They all died in faith, not having received the promise. What promise? The promised seed, which is Christ. <laughs> are you there with me? Verse 6. And because you are sons, God has sent all the spirit of his son into your heart. Doing what? Crying, Abba, Father. Can you get that? Romans 8 verse 16 says, The spirit is self-bearer witness with our spirit that we are what? The children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God, and join heirs with Christ, if so be that we suffer with him, that we may also do what? The glorify together. Hallelujah. Are you with me? Okay. Now, if you go back to Hebrews 2, verse 3, he says, How shall we escape if we neglect? So great salvation, which at the first began to be spoken by the Lord, and was confirmed unto us by them that heard him. Who are the them that heard him? The apostles. Glory to God. <laughs> and verse 4, very important. Look at this. God also bearing them witness. Both with what? Signs and wonders. So you're looking for signs and wonders in your ministry. Preach one message. God will confirm the message with what? Signs and wonders. Instead of looking for it in the house of the Habalists. I give you the secret of signs and wonders. Preach the message. God also bearing the witness, both with signs and wonders, and with diverse miracles and gift of the Holy Ghost according to what? His own will. Can you get that? Jesus preached it. The apostles preached it. If you be a minister of Christ, what are you supposed to preach? Kingdom of God. And God is going to confirm your ministry with signs and wonders. Glory to God. You see, you don't struggle for signs and wonders to manifest your ministry. You just preach the word and God confirm. If God is confirming, it's no use struggling to do it. Praise the living God. Look at Mark 16, verse 20. And they went forth, talking about the apostles, and preached everywhere. The Lord walking with them. I like this. And confirming the word with what? Signs following. God does not confirm your whatever. I don't know. I don't know how to put this. God confirmed the word. The word you preach is what he confirms. God confirming the word with signs following. What were they preaching? Kingdom of God. Not this kind of stuff we're preaching. Amen? Hallelujah. Another example on that. Acts chapter 14, verse 1. Let me just read on. And it came to pass in Oconium, 
that they went both together into the synagogue of the Jews and so spake that a great multitude, both of the Jews and also of the Greeks, believed. But the unbelieving Jews stirred up the Gentiles and made their minds evil, affected against the brethren. Long time, therefore, are both they speaking boldly in the Lord. Hallelujah. Which gave testimony under the word of his grace and granted signs and wonders to be done by their hands. They were declaring the message of the kingdom, declaring grace to the people, and God was confirming what they were saying. And so, the Bible is telling us We've heard Jesus spoke about it. And now the apostles picked it up. And as they were speaking, God was confirming the message with signs and wonders and miracles. You don't struggle for these things. Hallelujah. I used to give a funny story. But it's what happened to me. In my early times, I will pray people be falling. All kind of things. You know what I mean? Right? And uh, an incident happened. One of my members asked a lady to come see me who was for 13 years in marriage, no child. And the lady came and said, she was asked to see me. And I said, what's the problem? He said, 13 years, no baby. And I said, okay, you go and have your baby. I said, Pastor, you don't want to pray for me. I said, but I said, go and have your baby. That's what you want. So he didn't lay hands on me. I said, go and have your baby. How did I get that boldness? Something spoke to me while she was talking. He said, Eli didn't even leave where he was before he spoke to Hannah. And Hannah got somewhere. So I told the woman, go get your baby. She got two. Now, another lady came who was very strong as zealous. She was blessing me. She buy me tea, milk, every now and then. Bless me. She has no baby. That one was almost about 16 years in marriage. She came and uh, then I said, What's the problem? She needs a baby. And I got up, lay hands on her, and she fell. Got up, lay hands on her, she fell. And then she left and went back home. But one month she was not in service. When she came, I was so angry. What's wrong with you? came for me to pray for you and uh, pastor you don't know what happened so what happened when you pray and I fell dislocated my scapula and so I was going for treatment but can I tell you something no baby with a broken scapula so it is not the falling that get the results right from that day Change my mind. You, you, you know what I'm talking about? And so if I have to pray for you most time, I say you kneel down. Kneel down, I pray for you. Even if you are falling, I'll hold you back. I don't want another broken scapula. You, you see, some people are suffering in the church. They fall and suffer. No results. But they are falling. You see them on TV. It's not about falling in camera. The question is, what is the result after falling? On top, they will see prophecy on top. May I preach the word. God confirming them with signs and wonders. I have my sister there sitting at the back. Don't be very I have to say this. When she came to me with a husband, she was, it was even the husband she brought to me had a problem. And as we were praying, the Lord said, ask her what's going on. I said, but what about you? I said, Pastor, I have a problem. What's the problem? 
But some years back, she had this pain. The hand pains her. It gets to the point um, she can't even sleep in the night. She has some treatment, relapse, but then pain has come back so strongly now she can't even sleep. As if the hands are folding, very hot, serious pains. And the doctor said they can treat her now because she's expectant. So she doesn't know what to do. So most times she doesn't sleep. I say, stretch your hands. She did. Lay there on my hand. She did that. I say, go back. She's sitting there. Since that day till now, no pains. Would it be fast to do that? Go, you are healed. And she was healed. She's sitting at the back there. The fact that people doesn't come here to give testimony doesn't mean God is not at work. The fact that we don't shoot testimony on camera doesn't mean God is not at work. Are you getting what I'm talking about? I mean, good enough she's here. So if I'm lying, she can tell you. Praise the Lord. The Bible says when you preach the word, God will confirm to you signs and wonders. Two years ago when Singapore preaching, I was not on the flyer because they were not expecting me to get a visa to Singapore. And you know all these people, so they feel if you put it on and then you didn't come, it would go bad with the organizers of the meeting. So at the point, they asked me to come speak. And I was just sharing from Colossians 1, 12, 13, how that the Lord have translated us from the power of darkness to the kingdom of his dear son. I didn't know what was going on. But the next day I came to service and the lady just came to me and said, Pastor, can I talk to you? I said, why not? Then he said, do you use American dollars? Ah, I said, man, I'm a God citizen. I even use any currency in this world. <laughs> because the earth and the food and the all belongs to the Lord. So forget about American dollars. Anyone, Japan, yen, euro, just name it. I use Indian rupee. I use anything. <laughs> and she said, okay. Now, something happened. I said, what is it? The number one. Three months ago, the Lord asked me to change my money, which is Singaporean uh, dollars, to American dollars. She's the only one working. They are a family of four. One girl, the father, the mother, and then a boy. But when you look at these people, they are folding up, crippled, kind of. Pains. And he said, we've been in this church for almost two years. And we've been going around churches. And they told us that this man is a prophet. We should come here. We are suffering. And they told us because we were Hindus people before. So the spirit of the Hinduism is one troubling the whole family. So now, my father, everybody, I'm the only one that is a little bit okay. So, but when we were speaking, something was passing through me. I didn't know what was happening to my mother, to my father, and to my brother. When we got home, we discovered that we are all completely healed. And God said, take the money and go and give it to that man. This is why I ask you to change your dollars. Here is the envelope. God confirming signs and wonders by the world. We didn't fast and pray. I didn't know they have those problems. Neighbor, praise the living God. Man, let's, let's do what Jesus did. Come on. Let's leave all this religious thing. There is one message. Message of the kingdom. I remember this, my sister speaking to me sometime. I can't, some years back. She said she was like going blind. I didn't know. And uh, I, I, you gave a testimony about that. I remember. And she came to church. And then she managed to come in, sat down and because I didn't want people to know what was going on. And then I just took the Bible and said, open your Bible to this chapter. And she pretentiously opened the Bible. Her eyes got open and she could read. Blindness fell off. Man, the word got, got power. God will confirm his word with word, signs and wonders. Praise the living God. I said, God preached the message. One message Jesus preached. Disciple preached it. It is now your turn. We got to preach it. What message do we have? 
the message of the great salvation. What does he embody? The kingdom of God. Who are we? Sons to the Father. Who is in the kingdom? He is a king. We are the subjects. God is ready to protect and provide for his people. Praise the living God. Man, grace is available. The kingdom message carries a lot of grace. Praise the living God. Some of the people come here and they ask, how do you do this thing? No formula, no magic, no manipulation. Hallelujah. The resources come because we just believe God is able. Praise the living God. What am I sharing with you? There is a message which is called great salvation. Jesus started it. The apostles picked it up. And we got to follow suit. Can I read one scripture before I go? Or you want some more? <laughs> Matthew chapter 24, read verse 14. Just one message. What did he say? Hallelujah. And what? This gospel of the kingdom to be preached in all the world for a witness then shall the end come. So, if we're even talking about end times and we have not been able to do what Jesus said we should do, how can the end come? This gospel one shall be preached in all nations for what? A witness. God cannot judge you without faith giving you a word. He judges you based on what he has told you. It is a violation of what you've said that what you've heard becomes a witness against you. It's the gospel that stands as the witness against the nation. Hallelujah. One more scripture. Then we can go. Romans 14 verse 17. And then take it to 18. For the kingdom of God is not what? Meat and drink. It's not about food. It's not about clothing. It's not about what you can get. But what? Righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. Look at the next verse. Very interesting. For he that in these things, in what things? Righteousness, peace, joy in the Holy Ghost. Seventh Christ is what? Acceptable to God and approved of man. Glory to God. You want acceptance? One message. You want man's approval? One message. Message of the King. For further information and message order, please call plus 234 803 Or you can visit our website at www.gkai.net. God bless you.